Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am so happy and honored to have Dr. Ingrid Honkala on the show. Ingrid is a marine biologist, oceanographer, master scuba diver, NASA and Navy scientist, international lecturer, childhood, near death, and spiritual transformative experiencer. In her autobiography, A Brightly Guided Life, How a Scientist Learned to Hear Her Inner Wisdom, Ingrid details her amazing journey filled with all the challenges that brought her to reconnect with her inner wisdom and to become a self-actualized and self-realized being. Welcome to the program, Ingrid. Oh, thank you so much, Marla, for having me here. What an honor. Yes, it's, it's my honor. I'm so excited to have you here. So I wanted to let my listeners know that, um, Ingrid is just going to tell her story today. Um, I was listening to one of her other interviews. Um, Gosh, just yesterday, I've listened to a a lot of them over the last few weeks, and it's just so beautiful, and I I really don't want there to be a lot of interruptions. So, So without further ado, Ingrid, why don't you just tell us, tell us your beautiful, about your beautiful journey. Great. This is going to be just an honor to, to share and, and, and to just bring the light yes. for all of us. So, yeah, Marla, my, my, I would say just my, my path of awakening started when I was very, very young. I was uh, nearly just three years old when I had an accident in which I fell into a tank filled with water and I drowned. So what happened was that when I was a young, I I was born in in Bogota, Colombia. I lived with my parents and my sisters. And back in the day, both of my parents work and they will leave us at the care of a maid. And she was a young lady that didn't really pay attention to us when my parents were not around. So early one morning, my parents left for work and she just went back to her room. It, it was a normal back in the day for the maid to leave in the house with the family. Then she went back to her room and my sister that was close to four years old, like I said, I was close to three. We had another sister that, or we, I have another sister, but back, back then she was one year old. And my older sister and I decided, let's go play gosh. Let's go play in the in the back of the patio because we found a ball and we were like, let's play with this ball. And in this patio, there was a tank. And the purpose of this tank was to collect water for hand-washing clothes. 
because back in the day we didn't have a washing machine. So next to this tank, there was a flat surface for scrubbing. And this was a big tank. It held about 900 gallons of water. And the other thing is that the people have the misconception that because I was born in Colombia, I come from a hot weather country. But Bogota is a city that is high up in the Andes. So the temperature in the, this water probably was about 30, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So that was pretty chilly <laughs> early in the morning. So, buddy, who's thinking about any of this? My sister and I just thought about having fun. Then we grabbed the ball and we grabbed a couple of stools, climbed the walls of this very big tank, and she sat like a little bit safer in that flat surface for scrubbing. And then I went to the other side of the tank and it, there was a, a thin edge. Then I just climbed and I folded my legs and I was leaning very precariously in this tank. But again, what is the problem? Right. And she just uh, grabbed the ball, she threw the ball, but she didn't apply enough force and the ball fell in the water. And then I leaned forward thinking that I could grab it. And when I tried to grab the ball, it rolled on the surface of the water and I fell in the tank. So as I mentioned to you, the water was pretty cold. So the first thing I felt was this intense sense of like frigid, frigid yeah. cold. And at that moment, I just felt like if my chest had imploded. I didn't know at that age, I've never been in a pool. I had never been, we didn't have a bathtub. So I never been underwater. Right. So imagine the terror when I felt that first this frigid cold water and now I could not breathe. Why I cannot breathe. So I was experiencing absolute terror. And then in just a blink, in just a blink, Marla, I went from that state of absolute horror to one of complete and absolute peace it was just oh i experienced the sense of complete and absolute calmness freedom well-being i didn't know what happened but i was just in in bliss and then i always say that one what made this experience so difficult to forget or impossible to forget okay, the, the word not too difficult is not the right one, but what makes this, this experience impossible to forget was the contrast that I experienced. There was a lot of contrast. And, and so to mention some of that, I, first of all, the tank was very dark. The tank was made of cement and it had a roof on top. So it, was a, it made it like a very, very dark space. Right. So the last thing I saw before I, I went into this state of absolute peace, the last thing I saw was darkness. I had my eyes open and I only could see the dark. And then in just like that, the moment that oh, peace came, a light came from below. And it was the perfect, it was just like the light of a candle had been lit. 
and that light soft was able to illuminate the whole water is surrounding. The other thing that happened is that right before I drowned, I I imagine this moment of panic. I'm, I could hear my heart beating in my head, beating in my chest so loud that I could hear it in my head because I was underwater. So it was like I could hear my heart like a drum. Boom, boom, boom. And the sound boom was gone. So I experienced what I call the silence behind the silence. It was absolutely quiet. Later in my life, I craved that silence. Oh gosh, so then now I am in this silence. I am in this space of well-being. I am surrounded by light. And then I started to see bubbles suspended in the water and they were surrounded by light. And, oh, what is this? This was <laughs> great. And I started to chase these bubbles. And it was like when chasing these bubbles, I turned around. And then is when I saw a body suspended in the water. And then incredibly at that moment, I had the realization that that was my body. <laughs> and I did not feel afraid. I didn't even feel even surprised. It was just the sense of like familiarity. Like, oh, that's normal. Like this has happened already through my eternal life. <laughs> so that was that sense of like, oh, this is okay. And it comes the other point of contrast that was really, really important. And that also gave us the, 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 the understanding a little bit of purpose. I was born as a very, very sick child. And sometimes we wonder like why children are sick or why this happened, but there's a purpose for everything. And in my case, the purpose I was born so sick was for me in this experience to be able to have that contrast between feeling unwell and feeling in a state of absolute well-being. So having that contrast there was another thing that made this experience impossible to forget because, oh, that makes it even more clear because I stood there and I made the decision, I'm not going back to that body. And two years old, almost uh -huh. three. Uh -huh. This is incredible. And then I make the decision, I don't want to go back there. I turn around and I left. And then the moment I left, Marla, I started to see, oh, this was beautiful flowers that were blooming from nowhere. And now this is the other amazing things because the sense of dimension disappeared too because then now I was picked up by the flowers. So imagine how big these flowers are. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm being picked up by the flowers. And I put the analogy that the sense is like when you are back to the womb and you don't have to do absolutely anything, you're just being done. Yeah. So I was in that space of like, oh, 
There's nothing to wish, there's nothing to desire, there's nothing to look for, just peace, absolute peace. And then I, I'm being carried by these flowers when in just, in just a blast like that, just a blink, I appear in the maid's room looking at her from above. And she was lying on her bed and this experience is so clear, so clear in my mind that I even remember that she was listening a soap opera in the radio. And then I looked at her and I said, oh, that's Maria. But she was completely unaware, mm -hmm. didn't even sense anything, nothing. So, okay. So from the maid's room, again, in just a blink, I appear in my mom's path. And this is what also makes this story, this experience so incredible, Marla, because at the time we didn't have a car, so my mom had to walk. And then it, she, has to, she had to cross an entire neighborhood to get to her bus stop. And she was close to her bus stop when I appeared there. And again, I'm looking from above and I said, oh, that's mom. At that very moment, she stopped. She did not hesitate. She did not even like think to move forward, nothing. She just stopped and she knew that something was happening at home with one of her babies. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is also amazing. My mom always had this incredible intuition, but it's just, besides having the intuition, she listened to it. Yes, a big difference, yes. Yes, so she always been like that. And at that moment, she knew, she turned around and she started to run back home. And I looked at her and I'm like, oh, okay. I got distracted because now wherever I put my mind, I could go. And I love animals. I remember like there was a dog at the end of the street and boop, I was there. <laughs> boop, I was there. So now I was like having so much fun playing a game of going places. And it's when I had that, that clarity, the realization that there was no time, there was not a space. All of that had vanished. Mm -hmm. I just could be anywhere, anytime. And then again, in just a flash, I appeared in a realm that was made of pure, bright, intense, shiny light. And then, oh, Marla, this was the sense of like, for the first three years of my, almost first three years of my life, I felt that I was at home. Oh, beautiful. Ah. <sighs> It was the sense of like, oh, I'm back, home. But I also say that it's incredible, the, the, the timeless space, because it was, again, the sense of like not even three years had passed. So I said to people, it's like if you left in the morning, just to give an, an analogy, an idea, to mm -hmm. go work, and you come back in the afternoon like, oh, it's so great to be home. Just like that. Right. So, and the other thing is, although I didn't see or hear anything, anybody, it was the sense I was being welcomed. 
like when you arrive home and you might not directly see your son or your husband, but you know everybody's at home. Mm -hmm. It's the sense of I'm not alone. And this was another amazing thing because although I saw my body suspended in the water, up to that point, I didn't have the realization, the absolute clarity that I was not Ingrid, that I was not that persona. I was still identified. And it's when I realized oh, I am not that. And then I started to, I would just become one, one with the totality. And then it's when I realized myself as a being of light. See, I was not the body, I was not the name, I was not none of that. I was not that persona, I was light. And then this went even further because I experienced what I call the state of non-self or what I call nothingness. Some people get scared with the idea of nothing, but I said it's the nothingness that is the wholeness, the totality. It's, it's, the, the, it's, it's like empty but full. <laughs> so yeah. I just, I, uh, when people ask me what, what nothing means, and I said, the moment I tell you something, it becomes something. Because it's just the space of no concept. The mind cannot comprehend that it. it can only be experienced. I would just, the only thing I could say is the space of just pure consciousness and just pure presence. Right. But you were still, even though you weren't identifying with Ingrid, you were still feeling, thinking, aware. More At this point, I wasn't. Oh, okay. No, nothing. At this point, there was not identification with Ingrid anymore. That's why I call the state of non-self. It was all gone. I would just say it's a state where there's no concept, no meaning, no definition, no color, no form, no movement. It's just in this space. I would just say it's just presence because at that moment you're not desiring, you're not comparing, you're not judging, you're not. So it's, I would just say also it's a state of pure bliss. Maybe that's that's what we that's the true meaning of love. There's the complete absence of any judgment and the absolute presence of, I would say, the divine, <laughs> the light. Yes, yes, good word. And then at that moment, my mom. Well, I'm in this state of absolute bliss. <laughs> my mom, who finally arrived home. This is the other amazing thing. She knew exactly where to go in the house. Because if she would have wasted time going to one bedroom, another place, I would have definitely drowned. Yeah. Because the body can take so much. But this is all a miracle because we will think and it will be like, this child should be dead. But <laughs> there I am. So here I am. So my mom arrived to the patio. And this is another incredible thing of the synchronicities and how things play in life. My mom knew CPR for children because she worked with children. So, and this is the other thing. My sister was still there. 
and my and when my mom saw her she my sister said mom Ingrid is there and I cannot get her my mom got me out of the tank she said I was like a raggedy doll no pulse no breathing I was completely pale and she started to do everything she knew to revive me another thing which is perfect like I mentioned at the beginning the water was frigid cold so that helped of course for for the body but at that moment I was so 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 disconnected that at this point there was nothing that connected my state of being with Ingrid so I didn't feel anything my mom was doing. I did not even think anymore that there was an Ingrid. And it's more like when I felt that I had jumped from the tallest building in the world. And there's nothing I could do to stop this. Right. So different than, than other experiences that other people have had, I, did, I was not asked, you want to go back or not or nothing. It just happened and I did not want. <laughs> I was like, no. And I felt that I was being pulled, but like sucked, like vacuum back. And there was nothing I could do to stop this. And then I was back in the body and oh, I was so unhappy. And I knew I was back because all the feelings of discomfort and mm. the coldness and not feeling well and ah, oh, all this was back. And I was not a happy child. So from there, things went kind of hard because like I mentioned to you, I was born as a sick child mm -hmm. and after this, Oh gosh, I, I refused to eat. I didn't want to be here. I got even sicker than before. And all these, uh, besides the feelings that I didn't want just to leave that place of, oh, bliss and greatness was also, I came back, Marla, with an awareness I did not have before. I had experienced the state of oneness. And then the other thing, I saw my body. And I'm like, I'm not that child. I'm not this child. Because now I, I knew, I knew more. And I knew who I was. I wasn't this child. And I, then I could not relate with other children after that. I would listen to what they say. And he's like, what is happening with these people? They don't know anything. What is going on? Another incredible thing, like, not long after my, my NDE, I started to, to show all these abilities that I came with. So it was not just the, the fact that I had awareness, but I also could read and write. I was just going to be three. I could resolve mathematical problems. I could put together complex puzzles. And I imagine this was like, what is going on? But I was... To me, it was like, I don't need to learn any of this. I'm just remembering. I am just remembering. Interesting. And of course, I carry this through all my life. And I later in my career and the things I did, this now was all part of, of the purpose I came to, to do in, in, in this world, just, just bring all this knowledge and all this clarity. But, but at that moment, it was really hard because... Right. I didn't have the language to 
express. I was just three years old, so I couldn't express what was happening. Back in the days, it was in the early 70s. Nobody knew about near-death experiences. The, the term didn't even exist. Uh, nobody knew what was happening. Nobody understood why this child was going through all this. I didn't want to eat. There was a point I didn't even want to be touched. Oh, wow. Because I was in such a state of distress. I didn't understand why nobody... I would look at myself in the mirror, Marla, and I just scream and cry to my mom, you don't understand, this is not me. This is not my name and I should not be here. Right. And my poor mom like, oh, you're so beautiful. God put you here, you should be grateful. She didn't know what to do. They were young too. My mom was 20 years old. Oh and, my and goodness. Back in the day, it's not like now with internet, TV, no. People were so naive. They grew up with such a straight Catholic background. They, my parents were forced to marry when they were 17. So they were like, oh, and another thing that was a, a pretty strong those days is that Colombia was at war. So my parents did what they could to survive the daily day life, plus now a child that they didn't know what to do with. It right. was really hard, but my mom always, oh my God, I, my mom is an angel. And she was always there to just try to help and try to just take everything with love and compassion. Yes. So with all these Marla, it's incredible because the, the need, the help that I needed came in the most remarkable way. And I said, it, it is for all of us. It's just each one of us has a different experience. But in my case, not long after my near-death experience, I started to have what we know today as out-of-body experiences. So this is another thing. People ask me, how could you remember uh, your experience? You were so little. And I said, because it wasn't just the experience. This never stopped. I kept right. having experiences throughout the rest of my life, what we call the spiritual transformative experiences. This never ended for me. The door opened and it never closed. So right after I started to have experiences in which I was just experiencing changes in color, in movement, frequencies I have never seen here. And it was disturbing, but I was being brought to that realm of the liar experience during my NDE. I think this is a great time to wrap up this interview with Ingrid and it will continue next week. So Ingrid, thank you so much for joining us and we will get right back to the story um, when we see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at Interviews with Innocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.